Two KG Sports Minds have created a podcast to answer one very important question. What's the spread? Now here are your hosts, Brad Thomas and Miles Markowitz. Welcome in What's the Spread. Your boys are back. Another on-the-road edition of this wonderful sports betting podcast. Brad, how you doing? Miles, I'm great. You know, college basketball started. We have big games these next couple weeks in college football. Let's go ahead and kick it off and talk about the biggest game of the week. My friend, LSU, Alabama, number two versus number three. The Crimson Tide, six-point favorites at home. You know, we really haven't gotten to talk about Alabama much this year on the podcast, but here they are in the biggest game of the year. It's going to be very exciting. Uh, Six points is a ton of points in in this game, which could possibly go either way. Um, I I was taking a quick dive into it. I saw 61% of the public is sitting on LSU. I don't know if I can confidently put money on LSU when Alabama gets to play this game at home. Uh, The reason is six is not a large number to cover. And you have Alabama winning their last 10 home meetings against LSU. Certainly it could be a, a stronger LSU team. But when you have LSU giving up 401 yards to, to Sam Ellinger and 310 yards, three touchdowns to Kyle Trask, it makes me feel like even a, an 80% Tua is going to have a field day against the secondary. Yeah, and you know LSU and Bama both coming in here with, historically, not as strong as defense as they've had in the past. I think we're going to see a very different LSU Bama game. I mean, the last time, and correct me if I'm wrong, the last time LSU beat Bama in Tuscaloosa was a nine to six win. Yeah. Um, so you know, we're we're definitely not going to see a game like that. And because of that, I'm going to go on the other side of the coin here, take LSU plus six, go with the public, uh, go with Burrow. Not necessarily thinking that LSU is going to win the game, but you know, my thinking is here, and I kind of want your thoughts on this, Brad. Like, if not this year for LSU, then when? I mean, this is and yeah, the defense isn't there, but really the defense has never been the problem. It's been the fact that they haven't been able to keep up on the scoreboard in these big games. And I just feel like that this LSU offense is going to be able to keep up with this dominant Alabama offense in this game. You know, every sign points to a, to a good, good ball game we have here. Uh, the road team is 4-1 against the spread in their last five meetings. The favorite, though, is 4-1 against, their last, against the spread in their last six. I mean, it's last five, excuse me. And I also like Saban is legendary off of bye week. 7-2 and two against the spread after his la- on his last nine bye games. Um, I just think that it's going to be a shootout. Uh, the total set in the 60s. It's been a long time since Bama's had a total set in the 60s. But Bama's defense is only allowing around 15 points per game. They're not as, as good as they are, but their secondary is really tough. So if, if LSU's going to win this game, it's going to be on the ground in my opinion. It's been a long time uh, since I've been this excited, really, for for an SEC game. I mean, I really feel like that the two teams are evenly matched. But Alabama at home, it's a big advantage. And honestly, it's going to be difficult to bet against Saban in this spot. Uh, but we're going to be on, on opposite ends of the fence there. All right, so next game we're talking about here is another battle of unbeatens. Uh, just uh, much less time in the spotlight. Number four, Penn State. Number 17, Minnesota. Everyone was crying for game day to head up there to Minneapolis. Uh, it did not happen, but Penn State coming in here as six-and-a-half-point favorites. I'll go ahead and start. I'm going to tell you right now, in this game, it's the difference is going to be the talent level. Yes, Minnesota has had a great season. 8-0. They've dominated their last four Big Ten opponents. They've looked impressive, but they haven't played anybody. Yes, Penn absolutely. State is one of the best teams in the country. 
the talent in this game is going to win out. I think that the, the, the hype and Minnesota being at home, they could stay in this game for maybe a half. But Penn State minus six and a half, Brad, I'm taking it it's all day. It's a steal. I'm so glad you said that. Listen, Penn State is only allowing 66 rush yards per game, 10 points per game. But the problem here is not Penn State and how dominant that defense is. It's Minnesota. They're allowing 29.8 per, points per game versus terrible opponents. It is going to be shown that they are pretenders. They are solid. Yeah. And I'm going to use that phrase on this team, and I hate to do it because P.J. Fleck just got that contract extension. But when you're allowing almost 30 points per game and you haven't played anybody, when you play a, a, a well-rounded Penn State team, like you are going to get abused and you're going to get exposed. 100% pretenders. I think that Wisconsin is actually going to bounce back and win the West. I think Wisconsin is going to beat Iowa this weekend. I think that they're going to beat Minnesota in the last weekend uh, of the season. I think that they're going to come back and win that division because talent is going to win out. Not yeah. to take anything away from the Gophers. They've had a great season. But uh, I love your word there, a steal. This is a steal. I mean, you and I talked about preseason that this may have been James Franklin's best defense he's ever had. Yes. And it's going along with a very balanced offense they're and a very surprising emergence in Sean Clifford. Yeah. yeah. So – uh, good pick there, buddy. Uh, what do we got next? Next up, we have Iowa State visiting Oklahoma. Oklahoma's a 14-point favorite here. I'm going to kick this one off. I am hammering this line. I went back and forth for a while, but then I really thought about what makes juicy lines good, and that is having a Heisman-caliber quarterback and a team that has a glimmer of hope. If Oklahoma wins out and some things happen up top and they win convincingly, they have a strong chance to make the playoff. It might take a miracle, but if they do those things, I think it starts here with Iowa State. 6-1 and one against the spread in their last seven home games versus a winning team. 4-1 against the spread in their last five home games. Yeah, you know, I'm going to go on the, on the other end here. Uh, I'm taking the uh, what, I, what I feel like is a trap uh, in Iowa State plus 14 and a Big 12 team that's been playing much better. You know, Oklahoma coming off that loss to Kansas State uh, – Jalen Hurts still got what, like 500 total yards in that game? Yes, he did. <laughs> so, so it's nice. So it's not like that. Uh, Jalen is isn't really playing well, but for me, uh, in a team in Iowa State that could still win the conference if a couple things fall right, uh, I'm going to go ahead and take the points. I'm not taking it under 14. Uh, I think I saw it actually at 14 and a half uh, a couple hours ago. Uh, but I'm going to go with the Cyclones there. And, so and, and it, go ahead. There were two things that really brought me to the other side that I want to make sure I, I put put out there. Um, oh, yeah, please. Brock Purdy's playing a great, a great season. Uh, I know he's fifteen and seven uh, in turnovers uh, ratio, but I really wanted to see how Oklahoma's home and away splits were. Their defense, their home defense, is only allowing eighteen points per game, one hundred and eighty-seven pass yards per game, and and Iowa State is one and three against the spread in their last five road games. So those are two things that really made this fourteen. I, I almost felt, I felt like fourteen was a trap. And I think it was. I think it's more trap on the Iowa side, Iowa State side. Yeah. So, but we'll see what happens. Um, that defense is going to have to prove themselves, and if they want any shot at the playoff, they're going to have to show up. Here. You know that I'm a sucker for good trends. Yeah, Brad. All right, so let's go ahead and end it uh, with number 19, Wake Forest at Virginia Tech. Wake Forest two and a half point favorites here. Brad, who you got? I don't use this term um, lock of the week. But this, it might be the too good too good to be true of the week. Um, I'm hammering Wake Forest minus two and a half. Jamie Newman is, is just going to be a little bit too much for Virginia Tech to handle. Yeah, Virginia Tech had a great game versus Notre Dame. But they're one and four against the spread at home this season. They're 
Uh, Saint Charat for Wake Forest is an animal, and a lot of Newman's success has to do with Surratt. I'm loving every single trend that Wake Forest is having. Wake Forest, um, their spread is the highest public bet right now um, and consensus percentage. But, I mean, you can't argue. They're 4-3 against the spread on the road. Uh, they're 4-2 against the spread in their last six. Like, every single offensive category, they are better than Virginia Tech. They're averaging 6.2 yards per game. Well, guess what? Virginia Tech is allowing almost six yards per game. So I think Jamie Newman's going to have a, a field day through the air, throwing the ball to Surratt. I'm with you here, man. Take advantage of the overreaction uh, from that Virginia Tech and Notre Dame game last weekend, which is absolutely what this is. Jamie Newman, you can make the argument that he's playing better than anybody in the entire conference right now yeah. when when he's healthy. I mean, I am actually starting to buy into the fact that uh, this Wake Forest team could compete with Clemson on the field uh, just, just because they they keep winning um, and and they look pretty good doing it uh, as long as Newman is healthy. I'm taking Wake Forest here minus two and a half on the road. Um, you know, I, it, yes, the public is on it, but the public is on it for a good reason. Yeah. There's an overreaction with the way that Virginia Tech played against Notre Dame. I'm telling you right now, Notre Dame, overrated. Overrated, big time overrated. All right, let's go ahead and run through these, these NFL games. Uh, I'll go ahead and start it off here. Monday Night Football, probably the game of the weekend, honestly. Seattle Seahawks, San Francisco 49ers in what is going to be a very exciting NFC West division race. If the Seahawks have any chance of getting in this thing, they got to come away with the victory. 49ers, six-point favorites at home. I'll go ahead and start. Usually I'm over here betting on the Seahawks at home, but I'm going to go ahead and go on the other side of the court. I'm taking the Seahawks on the road here, plus six Solely on the fact, number one, my boy Russell Wilson is playing out of his mind this year. And number two, the Niners are due, due to lose a football game or at least play in a close football game. I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I'm going with the Seahawks as well. The Seahawks are coming to this game 8-0 and against the spread as an underdog in their last eight. Russell Wilson is playing some tremendous football, only throwing one reception all year, 22 touchdowns. But what really made me confident in this game was getting the six points. One thing that has helped the 49ers is that amazing rush D that's only allowing 102 rush yards per game. But let's take a look at four of the teams that they played this season. Tampa Bay, Cincinnati, Washington, and the Cardinals without DJ. Yes, that is why holding Tampa Bay to under 100 yards is easy. Holding Cincy over 100 yards rushing is easy. Holding the cards with, with, without DJ in a struggling offensive line, it's easy. This is a spot where they're going to slip up. And you know another great factor that is really weighing heavy on my my decision here? The Seahawks are good in November. Typically, the Seahawks aren't playing this well. They're kind of middle of the pack. But in November, they typically win games 3-0 against spread in their last November games. And that's because Pete Carroll gets his boys ready to play serious football. Going with the Seahawks. All right, next up, uh, this is the game I'm most looking forward to in the NFL. And that is the Minnesota Vikings at the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are three-point favorites at home. Cowboys are playing lights out at home this year. This three-point spread tells me that on a neutral field, this is a pick 'em. Yeah. I'm gonna go with the boys at home here. They, you know, I know it was only against the Giants, yeah. but there were actually a lot of things about Prescott, the boys, their defense. There were a lot of things that impressed me last Monday night. They faced a lot of controversy in, in the first half on the road. They did not falter like they did against the Jets. Came on strong uh, with a huge victory there. 
And again, as, as I said before the game last week, I think that we're seeing more of the real Cowboys team in their wins yeah. than in that three-game losing streak. Dude, I totally agree. And you know that uh, they faced a lot of adversity that game, and they needed that adversity, especially if they're going to be Super Bowl contenders, serious Super Bowl contenders, because it's going to happen often. You said it, man. The Cowboys protect themselves at home. They are 8-1 in their last nine home games. This season, they've only lost one home game. And you know what? Minnesota does not have Adam Thielen. Minnesota's terrible this season on the road, 2-3. and three. Uh, They're also 2-3 and three against the spread on the road. I like the three. It's a comfortable spot for me, especially Sunday night football. Dallas tends to play well in primetime. Uh, give me the Cowboys minus three all day. Well, yeah, and, and, and if you saw how the Cowboys came out against the Eagles at home uh, the other weekend, I mean, how could you not put a bet down the boys here? I mean, yeah. I, I understand the Vikings have been playing well, but as you said, not as good on the road, uh, and they really struggled b- before, you know, Kirk Cousins really came on here. So I, I think it's a good matchup for them, and I, I think that Dallas is going to prove that they are that that they're um, that they belong in, 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 in that top tier in the NFC. Absolutely. All right, next up, we got the Carolina Panthers, Green Bay Packers. The Packers are five-point favorites. This will be the third straight week that we talk about the Packers as favorites on this podcast, all right? Last week, they did not come through for us on the road against San Diego. The week before, they did perform. So I'm going to go for two out of three here, and I'm taking the Packers to bounce back from that horrid performance in San Diego here at home in a late afternoon game, minus five, going with the Pack. I'm going go Pack go as well. Uh, six and three against the spread this, this season. They're doing pretty well. Aaron Rodgers was held to 161 yards. Aaron Jones was held to 30 yards. I think that this is a great spot to turn around against a Panthers team who might be pretty sitting pretty high. Uh, it's Kyle Allen's team, uh, but he has nobody to wait. He knows this is his team for the rest of the season. You know what happens when quarterbacks get comfortable? They play down a little bit, and I think Aaron Rodgers bounced back huge here, and I'll take the five points in the late afternoon game. All right, my most important question of the podcast here. Why, why are you making me talk about the Cincinnati Bengals? The Ravens are 10-point favorites at Cincinnati. So curious to see where you are going with this, Mr. Thomas. Who you got? Well, I was wanted to talk about the changing of the guard. New quarterback? You guys, I, you know, I just thought this was too good to be true, and I couldn't pass up. The last time the Baltimore Ravens faced a struggling offense— uh, let's talk about the beginning of the season when they played the Miami Dolphins. They just slopped them. I know the Ravens' uh, home and away splits aren't amazing uh, this season, and they're only, what, 3-4-1 um, this season or whatever. But Cincinnati's 1-4 against the spread. No A.J. Green, no Kirkpatrick. Baltimore Ravens are high, and typically in betting, you see a, 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 a fall down from a high team, but when you have a human highlight real quarterback in Lamar Jackson. I think they're going to be perfectly fine in covering this. I see a like uh, 18 to 24 point victory here. Great analysis as always. Uh, you know, I, I may never get or I, or I may not get another chance this year to pick my hometown Cincinnati Bengals against the spread on the podcast. So I'm doing it going with the Bengals plus 10. Hey, there's unpredictability here. We got Ryan Finley starting a quarterback. Hey, Joe Mixon just had his best game of the season. We're coming off a bye. We're playing at home. The Ravens are coming off the biggest win of the year against the Patriots. Hey, this would be such a Bengals thing to do for them to come in here and cover a 10-point spread uh, when all I want them to do is get the number one overall pick uh, so that we can get Chase Young. 
Uh, I'm going with the Bengals. Interesting. So why not? Hey, wait, 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 wrap it up, Miles. Let's see. Something happened in the underdog section last week. Tell us the standings, please. Uh, okay, yeah, sure. Uh, Brad, you had your best weekend of the year, uh, and uh, I think it deserves to be uh, shout out to the to the tops here because you you ended up with seven points, uh, two straight up uh, underdog wings, Miami plus three and a half over Florida State, which I will say I did bet that. So great game. Uh, and then Boston College plus three and a half over Syracuse. They won that game 58 27. Uh, you also got a win for covering the spread, SMU over Memphis. Uh, 54 48 was the score there, Memphis won. Uh, by the way, that, that was our first, uh, first push of the year, uh, when you and I, uh, pet on this S- SMU. And, uh, no need to go into my games. I didn't win anything. Three <laughs> losses. So, Brad, you're sitting with 27 points. Uh, you gained some real. ground. Yeah, I'm, I'm still sitting with 41, but I'll tell you something right now. Long month of November. Yeah. So uh, let's go ahead and see if you can get keep this going. Who you got? I am going to go with, let's lead this off with Louisville. Six and, a, six and a half point underdog visiting Miami. Next, I'm going to go with probably the shock pick of the weekend, Appalachian State getting six points for South Carolina. And then last but not least, I think the favorite is wrong in this game because I am riding Kansas State plus seven at Texas. Great minds thinking alike this weekend. I am also going to take Kansas State plus seven over Texas. I was wondering if I was reading that line incorrectly because I think that yeah, Kansas State can come in and easily win that game. Texas is playing awful right now. Yes. In a Big 12 conference that really, um, not that it's up for grads, but it's been so competitive. I mean, it's really, it's, it's really been difficult. I mean, there's been a lot of underdog victories in that conference. Yeah. Uh, so no problem taking Kansas State there. Uh, I'm also taking Louisville, plus six and a half over Miami. Wow. I think Florida State is uh, awful. Uh, I think that Miami is playing really good football right now, but uh, Louisville for me has been the surprise team in the ACC. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, those teams over there in the Coastal, I think, will continue to surprise us. And then finally, uh, I think for the first time on the podcast, I am picking an underdog against Hawaii. I'm going to take the much-improved San Jose State Spartans plus seven and a half over Hawaii in the late night game. Nice. Before, I like that one, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before we wrap up here, um, I know we didn't talk about this here, but got to talk about the first uh, college football playoff rankings. Yeah. Uh, what? How do you think of our? Uh, what do you think about Penn State number four over Clemson number five? Because when you and I both made our picks, we both had Clemson in our top four. I really wanted to put Penn State in mine. But, wow, you know, I was pleasantly surprised that, that the committee made that move. I think it's interesting. Um, you know, you know, if anybody who listens to this podcast, I'm a big believer that as long as you are in this top 10, top 15 range and you're undefeated, you have a chance to make it at the end. Um, but when I started to listen to the commissioner, his explanation, it kind of confused me. Because if you think about it, um, sorry, I, I've got distracted. Uh the Raiders just took the lead, so there goes that bet. Um, like a true degenerate. Uh, <laughs> Penn State got rewarded for winning a close game versus Pitt. Clemson got penalized for losing a close game to UNC. I know it's all out of conference, but it's interesting because it's the same conference. I do. I can see both sides. I can see Clemson fans winning 24 straight saying, what the heck? But I can also say Penn State fans saying, we deserve this. We are winning good games, out-of-conference games, big games. We're dominant. We're a complete team. 
So I'm not upset by it by any means. I don't care that Alabama's only number three because we haven't played anybody. The lowest the lowest uh, win total by by all the teams in the entire Power Five. Um, so the lowest, uh, lowest opponent win total. So I'm not upset. Um, I can also see the Ohio State scenario where LSU fans think they should be number one because they played the toughest opponents out of everyone. But Ohio State has looked like the most complete team, and they're dominating their opponents, especially that Wisconsin game. That Wisconsin game really opened my eyes because I thought Wisconsin was good enough to to compete for the title of this in this conference. But you guys made it seem like there's nobody in the Big Ten that can compete. Yeah, well, it, it seems to me that that the committee is really leaning toward a uh, eye test more so than resumes this year. And, and, and not to say, you know, I I think that 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 they're just going by that uh, criteria, uh, you know, re- ranking an, an Ohio State over an LSU, you know. I don't think that the eye test will beat a resume when it comes down to the final four teams. Yeah. But uh, to this point, it's hard to say that anyone has looked as good as Ohio State, but it's also hard to say that uh, anyone has better wins than LSU. I mean, LSU's wins against Florida and Auburn, I think, are the two best wins so far. Uh, I do think that they have the best resume. Um, I do like that Georgia uh, came back and had a strong win last weekend, and they find themselves right in the thick of this thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, it would not surprise me at all to see Georgia rolling into Atlanta, eleven and one, playing the winner of Bama LSU, and Georgia could find themselves in the playoff. You yeah. know, so uh, I I like, you know, maybe I don't agree w- with the ranking of the top six, but those are the top six. Those are the you top know? six. It's, it's, it, like I said, it doesn't really matter at this point, as long as you're in that conversation. What really matters is Minnesota being seventeen. That matters. Yeah, you know, uh, also, I, I thought that Baylor wasn't uh, ranked as high as they should have been. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about undefeated Power 5 teams, uh, and I feel like that they're being penalized because they're not a big brand. Yeah. You know, they're they're not the brand. Of, and to, to be fair, you know, like teams like Penn State and Ohio State, you know, have actually beaten top 25 teams, and I'm just comparing them because I'm comparing them to Minnesota, who yeah. really have, haven't played anybody. But uh, who has Oklahoma beaten? You know, and they lost to Kansas State, you know, so I think, again, and I've said this for years, Brad, this is a human element. A school's and a program's brand absolutely comes into play, you know, as much as as the committee says that it doesn't and and that and that it won't. Come on, man. You know, at the end of the day, it's about the money. It's about it's about the brand. And yeah. Hey, listen, if Baylor or Minnesota finish undefeated, they'll be in the top four. You know, so so that so that's what it comes down to. You know, I, I, and these rankings are fun, right? They and you you and I said this on the podcast last week uh, last week that this would just give us an idea of what the committee was thinking. And to me, I think they're looking at the eye test. Yeah. So let's look at this LSU, you know, Alabama game. Uh, it's going to make a big statement if one of these teams can find a way to win this game by fourteen points. Dude, is 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 Ohio State going to be the first initial number one team? To win the, uh, the championship, I hope so because I'm gonna tell you right now, I I, I saw those numbers and I'm I'm not happy. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, I mean, yeah, what, wasn't it like the the last four years? It was the number two team that and, ended up winning the title. And you know what's crazy? No number three team has won has even made it in the playoffs. So <laughs> I'm hurting here with Bama. Uh, can't wait for that game this weekend, and we'll continue to talk about these rankings. Always love it when, when the first rankings come out. It yes, just really gives us that idea. Oh, I, hey, how 
How about the American? Yes. What do you get? Seven teams, it felt like. Yeah, that's what it felt like, right? Uh, all like 20 to 25, but still, hey, it counts. And yeah. it, it, there's a lot of talent in that conference. So uh, really happy for them. We, we always show a, a, a lot of love to that conference. So that was good to see. But uh, yeah, man, 